0: Welcome to the Burn Bag Podcast. My name is Ryan Rosenthal here at the Reagan National Defense Forum in Simi Valley, California. I am thrilled to be joined by Doug Filippone, the Palantir Global Defense Lead. Doug, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here.
0: So I want to begin by explaining what it is that Palantir does because I'm sure many of our listeners know about Palantir but may not understand that you're not really a data company, you're a software company that uses kind of data driven solutions. And so what is your mission? And why is data so important to the solutions you guys create?
1: Yeah, thanks for thanks for asking that question. I think um, look, it's hard. It's a hard question to answer um, when you think about enterprise software, like how do you explain enterprise software? It's like most people don't understand it. Um, But at the core of it, when you think when I joined the company 15 years ago, like what was the problem that we're trying to solve? And so at the core of what we're trying to solve is there's information scattered around all over the place, you know, in terms of different formats, different locations, different access control measures. Um, And then you you have different rules to transport that. And then you want to see it all over the world, right? Uh, And then you want thousands and thousands of people to be able to access that information at the same time. And then edit that and co-edit it, mm-hmm. right? And they want it to all act, be accurate and all work, right? And so just like your bank account, right? Like you just want there to be one of them and you want to be able to go to any ATM and it actually still works, right? Except there's a million problems to make all this work. So fast forward to what the hell does Palantir do, right? So um, what we do is make an architecture. So software architecture that connects all of this. So you think of like the plumbing that will connect data sources. Together, bring it all together to unify it so that you can model that information in a way that people understand. So, so the the there's a lot of technical steps involved Mm -hmm. to, to get to the output of what we do. So, like at the end of the day, what's the output the counter does? Is it helps people make decisions based on data and information? That's like the core. So that could be whether it's for for healthcare, for oil and gas, for uh, airplanes or anything within the military, same thing. So, if we're, you know, a, a frontline brigade commander, mm-hmm. they have a myriad of sensors and systems that are either producing information or collecting information. In, a, in addition to having real people, and then all of that information is collected, it's classified. How do you normalize that data so that a human being can make a decision really quickly? Because on the military context of, you know, my specialty is. How do you get? There's so much information. Mm -hmm. How do you get that distilled into something that's useful and put it in a single plane so that you can see all of the relevant information in one place? You don't have to go to 50 places to make decisions. It's probably longer, uh, you know, than you want. It's the
0: clearest uh, way an explanation of how big data plays into you know the world of analysis. Right. Exactly. So that's
1: a really hard problem.
0: Well, thank you for that. Um, so now I kind of want to understand how Palantir fits into the defense contracting landscape. There are a bunch of them here at the Reagan Forum. A lot of them are present. How did Palantir find itself into the contracting world? And is it, how is it different than a lot of contractors? Because I think you guys are a little unique in the subset.
1: Yeah, well, if you think of us as, you know, there's a lot of prime contractors. We think of ourselves as a software prime. So we make enterprise software, and none of the primes, that's not special. Right. Most of them are hardware. But if you think of um, modern military forces, um, software is at the core—the uh, thing that makes a device, or a system, or a sensor actually work. It controls it. It processes information, and it transports that information. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We we have you know almost four thousand software engineers, We've we, at least we've tried to hire the best engineers in the world, to solve that problem and be very focused on software.
0: So now I want to talk about applications, how Palantir solutions are put into practice in the field. Uh, you guys have the Vantage program for the U.S. Army. I'd love to hear more about that, how it basically harnesses data and then has applications in the field.
1: Yeah, well, Vantage, I'm, I'm super proud of our partnership with the U.S. Army on that. So it's been, I don't know, it seems like six years in the making. Um, but it started with this idea of, um, you know, the Army had this daily problem with that they have several thousand legacy systems on the business side <clears throat> that don't necessarily talk to each other. And they all serve a very specific purpose that may have been um, implemented 40 years ago. So they have. Uh, an an aggregate of systems that were built four years ago on a mainframe Mm -hmm. to the most exotic system that was built this year and everything in between and then they use those systems for a bunch of disparate functions like um, contracting um, healthcare uh, human resources um, understanding like uh, squad manning Mm -hmm. you know there's a million things just the readiness of their units in the past, you know, again, the problem that they were solving, if you think of like a division, so there's 10 divisions in the army, yep. you know, tens of thousands of folks, um, they will go through on an average month, 500 man hours, if not more, collecting information to just determine the readiness of an individual division. You can, you can think of like, you know, all of the PowerPoint slides, all of the
0: yeah.
1: uh, Excel documents, you know, inputting into legacy Army databases, et cetera, to then regurgitate them in long meetings to figure out like, hey, do we need to do certain training? Do we have equipment that needs to be fixed, et cetera? And it just wears you down. And you always hear these, these reports of um, commanders and soldiers being asked to do more and more and more. There's never more time. And so the idea, this is a perfect example of where software fits in, is that with the Army Vantage program, you can now eliminate those meetings so that instead of using this very painful process to collect all the information, you can just show up to the meeting and talk about what you're going to do instead of collect all the information because you have a system that actually yep. just does So anyway, that's super exciting because I actually, um, back when I was much younger, I was I was in the Rangers and mm-hmm. the West Point as well. but So I'm, I'm like proud of this because I know that pain from being a soldier.
0: So I'm curious how you, of course, you're a former soldier. I'm sure a lot of former soldiers join Palantir or former you know, service members. How are their perspectives kind of fitting in with the engineers to make sure that these, these solutions that you guys are creating are basically geared for the soldier? How is that kind of yeah. fusing together?
1: Well, that's why I think like um, you're, you're sort of talking about my full-time job. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, I think that there's there is a neat place for for um, for veterans. I happen to have a mathematics degree as well, so mm. I have this combination of technical experience plus being being a commander in the Rangers. Sure. But, um, the the sweet spot here is um, software is never done. Okay, so you're always building something, and then you show it to somebody, mm. and then they say, "Is it good or bad?" And you throw the bad stuff in the trash. You just keep iterating. It's just never done. So that's like a misconception, right? So you're always trying to build the next thing. And then the other thing is you can't look past, like all of the problems don't exist in the past. Like a new day, uh, the, the the army is a million person organization yeah. that there's a new problem every day, right? That you're not thinking about, that didn't exist in the past. So how can you be agile in the sense that mm-hmm. if you think of, again, going to um, you know, a veteran's experience that would be useful in a software context, it's like, How do you build the right thing, right? And so, uh, because a lot of the times, and this is where the government acquisition system often goes the wrong way. is like, you can't build from, you can, but it's just usually a failure. You can't build from requirements Mm -hmm. where you take this abstract list of things, build a purple button, build a green button, and then therefore you're going to have something. Because usually by the time you deliver it, it's horrible. And then the soldiers don't want to use it. So the idea is live iteration where you build something fast, on top of a data enterprise. So this is like, this is also something that's very important from Palantir's perspective, is that um, you know, we've, we've spent four billion dollars and 15 years mm-hmm. developing a platform that can produce a result and lay on top of these data systems, right? Once you have that architecture, then you can rapidly iterate on top of it. Yeah. But if you don't have the architecture, you, you can't do anything. And so, but once you once you get that, then in the advantage, uh case in particular, you see this like really great synergy where you have the ability to iterate on new problems that you never thought of mm-hmm. because now all of a sudden all of those data sources are connected in a way that they never were before. But so so we would go into you know all right we wouldn't go into it but. It, uh, a commander or a representative would call us and say like hey, we have this really hard problem yeah. um, We need to like track our equipment as we're getting onto planes and there's like here's this gap in the legacy systems And it's not that the leg systems don't work. It's just that they weren't designed to do a certain thing, right? Okay. And So you take like, okay How do you take the raw data from those two legacy systems and then iterate quickly on the new pain point? Mm-hmm. And then you show that to them and they say yes, that works Tweak these things and then in six weeks or less or three weeks sometimes really quickly you have a real result, and it's amazing to watch. And the you know, I mean, soldiers are happy about it. It's like a magic place to be.
0: It's, it really is fascinating. And so I'm curious, now that you guys have all these iterations, you're working with all these different solutions for different branches, what's on the horizon? What is Palantir kind of looking for for the future to ensure that there are more solutions for the, the defense base and the military?
1: Yeah. Well, I think um, when you think of the future, everyone talks about AI a lot, right? And so you're thinking about right. how do you leverage AI in a useful way? And so that's a really hard thing to say. So it's like easy to build an algorithm that can do XYZ, but then how do you get that algorithm into the real world where it actually works? And then you so that's that's one main area that we're focusing on. And then two, the second part of it is how do you how do you combine a lot of these legacy systems in a way that um, when you talk about jadc 2 as an example joint all domain command and control, um, there's there's this idea that it's a little bit like boiling the ocean. But if you simplify in a little way, where Palantir is working very hard on this and mm-hmm. actually uh, has fielded systems in this, and we're working, we're actually doing it right now in the work, is how do you how do you take all of the sensors and actual like so so vehicles, uh, weapons systems, mm-hmm. satellites, etc., bring those into all of the legacy mission command systems, like the war fighting systems and the business systems? Yeah, how do you connect all of that? To make those decisions, and so that's like the really, uh, the holy grail of sorts in, in in software is, as a commander in a near-peer conflict, you have to make, in a way that we've never seen before, you have to make decisions super fast, mm-hmm. right? And so, how do you change that decision time to as small as possible, um, and have you have your it's credibility is the wrong word, but you you believe in the source of that data, right. and you understand the entire chain of custody of that data. Uh, so you looked at the pipeline at least one time, mm-hmm. you understand any little nuance of how it's been modeled in a different way, so you know you trust the output. Um, when you solve that problem, and this is what we've, we've been fielding a lot of places, um, it's, it's magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so that's really what we're working on. Um, seeing a lot of that in the Pacific theater, a lot of that in Europe with the Ukraine fight. Right. Um, we're doing a bunch of you know fun projects with um, the Titan program, Army. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting time for sure.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And so, thank you so much for joining me today. On just a final note, what are you most excited for at the Reagan Forum this year?
1: Well, look, I mean, this is this is a great um, moment to connect with all the senior leaders, you know, from from both uh, Congress and the Department of Defense and from uh, from the civilian business side yeah. and how do we come together as a whole to make sure that America is prepared. And that's like, that's a really, uh, important thing to get right, just to be clear.
0: Absolutely. Well, Doug, thank you so much for joining me today. We really appreciate it.